So today I'm introducing a topic that I think has, has, has excited my heart so much in terms of the areas that we're going to cover. So I have the privilege of introducing it today to you uh, and uh, we're going to break it down, uh, different aspects and different sides of it. I've simply entitled the theme for this month, God's Making Process. When we encounter God in our lives, God begins a process of making us. Depending on how much we are willing to follow him and to cooperate with him, we can then experience a process of transformation such that our latter lives bear no resemblance to our former lives. God wants to so change you that when you look at you years later, you don't look like the person that you knew years before. If you are filled with hate and unforgiveness, God wants to fill you with so much love that you also cannot believe that it's you. If you are one of those people who gets discouraged and gives up so quickly and you never follow through, you start things, leave them half finished, you enroll and, and, uh, and then fall off, you know, you know, upatala machadi half. If you are any of those people, <laughs> God wants to so change you that when you look at yourself, you can't believe. If you are one of those people who to be short-tempered, couldn't be friends with anybody, you were jealous all the time, always said negative things when you saw people, God so wants to change you that when you look at yourself, you are no longer the same person. Because it is really God who does that when he meets us. When God comes into our lives and when we encounter him, God immediately starts that process. In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus meets two brothers, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. And Jesus is inviting them to become his disciples. Listen what he says to them in Matthew 4, 19. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, follow me. If you follow me, I will make you, Jesus said. If you follow him, he will make you. If you follow him, he's going to do something. In other words, you're not called to be a stagnant Christian. Some people don't grow. They don't change. They're still the same people. They've encountered Christ, but nothing about them is changing. What God wants is to change. He says, follow me and I will make you. In the New English translation, it reads, Jesus said, follow me, I will turn you into fishers of men. God wants to turn you in what you were not before. God wants to turn you for the better. God wants to find you as a person who doesn't walk in faith and turn you so that you become a man and woman filled with faith. God wants to find you as somebody who has no vision, has no direction whatsoever, and God wants to turn you and give you vision and give you direction. Like I said, so that your latter self bears no resemblance to your former self. That when people meet you years later, they can't believe it's you. In fact, you can't believe it's you. You almost want to pinch yourself and say, is this me? And as I've looked at our lives, many of us, my life, I look back and I realize, my goodness, I've changed so much. See, God wants us to change, but for the better, not for the worst. God wants us to get better. God wants us to move from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. If you are sitting next to somebody who didn't say amen, say, yeah, that, that's why you are not growing. 
is that attitude. You don't even say anything, even when a good someone. Just look at them again and say, that's why you are not growing. Well, look at them, whether you are in Ennardale or in Middlelands or a, or a Sibuke, look at them and say, that's why you are not growing. That's why you are not growing. That verse in the, in, the, in the Message Bible, this is how it reads. It says, Jesus said to them, come with me, I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. God wants to make a new kind of person out of you. I'm just saying there's somebody who is hidden inside of you that you have not discovered yet. God wants to unearth you. God wants to bring you out just like an artist. When they just get a piece of wood or a log and they put that piece of wood there, when you look at it, it's just a worthless piece of wood. It's just a log, just something that is just worthless and has no value at all. But a good artist knows how to spend time carving, cutting, shaping, forming. After a while, something comes out of this thing that had no form and had no shape. And whatever comes out starts becoming something of value so that what has come out can be sold for a lot of money. Some of you, you don't know. You are a person, there's a person of value hidden on the inside of you. And God wants to cover you and shape you and mold you and bring out the great person. Some of you, you haven't met the greater you. You are still living as the ordinary you. But I'm telling you this month, God is going to bring out the greater you. Out of, oh, some of you are not even saying amen even now. That's why you are not changing. Yeah. But when we follow God, he takes us through the journey of making us. And the Bible says when Jesus spoke to Peter and, and Andrew, it says immediately they dropped their nets and followed Jesus. And then the making process started. Who thought this fisherman called Peter? Who was filled with fear? who was racist at heart against Gentiles. This man who would always be too quick with his mouth and would never follow up on his promises. Whoever thought this man one day would stand against the people that he was afraid of and not be afraid to lay down his life and not give up this time and face his own countrymen and say whether it is right for you to preach in the name of Jesus or not, you make up your mind. But as for me, I will obey God rather than man. Who thought that this is the same man who could raise a man at the gate of beautiful and say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Who thought Bible history tells us that Peter was the man who was crucified for his Lord upside down. But there was a time when he denied his Lord. But now he is standing for his Lord and suffers for his Lord and is crucified for his Lord. Some of you who are the giving up type. There's a strong somebody on the inside of you who is not the giving up type. And God wants to shape you and bring that person out of you. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Just bump your neighbor and say, there's a new person coming out of me. God uses these metaphors and analogies of making people. Even when he talks, he uses the language. In Genesis 12, 2, he says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. Greatness is a process of being made. You become great. You are made to be great. He says, I'll make you a great nation. He says, I will bless you and I will make your name great. In other words, I'll give you fame. I'll give you prestige. I'll make you prosper. Then he says, and thou shalt be a blessing. In Ephesians 2.10, he uses another 
analogy there. And I like the language, the way it's crafted. Paul says, we are God's workmanship. Wow. We are God's workmanship. Udwaring. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. There are good works. Somebody say good works. Look at your neighbor and try and smile. Even if you're not smiling, say good works, neighbor. What are these good works? You see, these good works are not the ones that take us to heaven. All right? These are the good works that we do after we are God's children, after we know we're going to heaven. So these ones don't take us to heaven. We go to heaven through the grace of God by receiving Christ. But after you are born again, God expects you to do good works. Somebody say good works. Look at your neighbor and say good works. What are those good works? This is your assignment, the reason why you came into the world. These are things that God has crafted for you and has ordained for you to walk in them. In other words, these are assignments that have your name on them. Things that God says, Mantuesi, the reason she's going to come into the world is to come and do such and such. That's why Mantuesi art. Oteng Mantuesi in the house. Or Mafanel. That's why Mafanel art. Or Mandlengosi. That's why Mandlengosi art. Or Mufirifiri. That's why Mufirifiri art. Whoever you are, God is saying, this is for them. This job is for them. And so, when, 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 when you come into the world, God starts the process as a workman to work you. That word, workmanship, is a very interesting word. In the Greek, it's spelled P-O-I-E-M-A, if you want to write it down. P-O-I-E-M-A, pronounced poema. Yes, by it's seven o'clock. Poema. And that word, poema, means a product. You are God's product. That word means fabric. You are God's fabric. Just like a good tailor taking good fabric and cutting it according to pattern to fit a specific person and to custom make it for a specific person so that even when they wear that garment, there's no need by you have an assignment and God is cutting you and shaping you and designing you for a particular assignment and the world is a poorer place when you don't fulfill that assignment God is going to make you as a workmanship in other words he starts shaping you and making you and molding you God starts a process of making you so the more you cooperate the better for the world because the sooner you get to be what God wants you to be, the sooner you can fulfill your assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the more God makes you, is the more completely you can do your assignment. You see, assignment, there's a place where your character prevents you from being everything that God wants you to be. There are people who start churches, but they cannot cross a certain line. They just start with a church, and five years later, they get into some immorality. So you see, if they had allowed God to take out this immorality stuff out of them, they would have gone on to have a church for 10 years, not just one church, two churches, three churches. Oh, am I talking to people who are quiet in this place? Some of you, God gives you one tender, you fall apart. You start spending it on everything, 
living beyond your means because you have not been made and shaped in that area of frugality. You don't know what it is to be a good steward. You don't know what it is to spend well. So God wants to shape that part of you so that when he starts giving you tenders, you don't go berserk in your head. Look at somebody and say, I feel this prophecy is for you. Shaba yaba. So we are God's workmanship. God wants to shape us. God wants to make us. The Amplified Bible reads as follows. We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. That we may do those good works. Which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has prearranged a good life for you. A life of anointing, a life of prosperity, a life of success, a life of power. Yeah. God has a destiny for you. But you see, the fulfillment of that destiny is predicated upon you cooperating with God's making process. See, because if God can make you, you can't pass certain stages. Are you here, Vazalan? And so God uses these metaphors. But I think the metaphor used or the analogy used in Jeremiah 18, which is what I want to talk about for the remainder of the time I have, is one of the most powerful. In Jeremiah 18, verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise! And go down to the potter's house. And there I will call. Oh, hey, verse 2. <laughs> now that's not what the Lord said. He didn't say, oh, hey, verse 2. Is these people, is the people who are operating their verses? How? Ask his Can you imagine Bishop This Soweto is imprinted into my DNA. I'm important to be very holy. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> what a shock. Jesus, Lord, please remove this Soweto. Make me, Lord. <laughs> Make me a, a spiritual person. Verse 2. <laughs> Arise and go down to the potter's house. He says, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Now, you remember last week what uh, Pastor Dick said? He said, you know, the Bible uh, uses a lot of metaphors. Picture language. So God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I, 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 I've got a spiritual truth I want you to get. But to get it, I want you to go down to the potter's house, to that guy who works with clay, who makes all kinds of vessels, go there and watch. Just watching natural things, you will learn a lot about spiritual things. Okay, you can go to the next verse. Hey. He says, then I went out to the potter's house and behold, he worked a work on the wheels. Verse 4. And the vessel was that he made of clay, was marred in the hand of the potter. Note that. And he made it again another vessel. And it seemed good to the potter. 
to make it as the cell phone is switch you off. Bless you, Jesus. Now, let's go over this a bit. These verses, the, you know, there's two things in the verse. He says, I went there, I looked what the potter was doing. He had a, uh, he had a wheel uh, and he was making it as it pleases. And that's all he says. But you know, he's not telling us the entire story. So, now that God has used the metaphor of the potter and the clay, let's look at what happens when these people who are called potters, who make these beautiful vessels in olden days out of clay. We still have things made out of clay today, but most of them are made out of porcelain. But what is the process? And God is specific to use something that was happening in those days. And he says, when you go there and look at the process, that's how I get involved in making people. Are you there, Vazalana? Are you ready? Uh, I'm not convinced. Are you ready? I, I, I said, are you ready? All right, let's see what happens. The first thing God uses this image is to describe all that. So the first thing we find is the potter and his mission. In other words, this person who's making these vessels, these pots, this potter has a mission. In other words, this potter has an intention about the pots. God has an intention about your life. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts to give you peace, to do you good, to give you a future and a what? And an expected end. God wants to give you a future. That's God's intention. God's intention towards you is not a bad one. Some of you, you need to say that to yourself. Next time you are tempted to believe that God is your enemy. You know, there's so many people who believe God is their enemy. Anything bad that happens, I can say, Mudimu Hutuang. Mudima Hutinix. Tell your neighbor, Mudima Hutinix. God has good intentions about you. God thinks good thoughts about you. In fact, Basarana, God so desires for your life to be better, even more than you desire. So it's the potter and their intentions. The potter has a singular purpose. He plans to take clay, and from that clay, he wants to produce a vessel. That's the intention. The potter wants to make a vessel that will reap a profit. He wants to make a vessel that will be useful. He wants to make a vessel that will bring honor unto him. That's what God wants. He wants to take your life, your broken life, my broken life, and add value to it. Take it up, not take it down. You know, Runa, when we were growing up in Christianity, people gave us the impression about work as though when they came to God, they lost something. You know that, that you know, people are talking like it was an unfair exchange. Almost like you know, I was having all this fun and creating. <laughs> The truth is, Basalana, God wants to take clay, worthless, useless clay, clay that has no value, clay that nobody wants. And God wants to take this clay, and if this clay will allow God to work on it, he'll give it honor, he'll give it glory, he'll give it prestige, it will be expensive. I'm telling you, 
I've seen it. When we walk with God, that's what God does. Years later, when you see us, you think this is the way we were born. This is not the way we were born. Somebody out there transforms our life. Can I hear an amen in the house? He wants to take this useless clay. You see, God excels in taking old, worthless clay. And transforming it by his grace into vessels of honor and glory. So if you're here today and you feel like you're old and worthless. You feel like you're not where you ought to be. I want to tell you God hasn't given up on you. I want to tell you God will never give up on you. I want to tell you God will never look away from you. I want to tell you, God is not going to focus on the good ones and forget the bad ones. Jesus says, when the doctor comes, the doctor doesn't come for those who are well. He says, when the physician comes, he comes for those who are sick. When the doctor comes, he comes for those who are not well. If you are sick, if you are not well, that's why Jesus came. He came for you. If you are sitting in this place and sitting in this house and you have done some bad things and you have done some wrong things, you've come to the right place because this is the place where Jesus changes people. This is the place where God transforms people. He takes useless people, worthless people. He takes people that nobody wants to have anything to do with you. God says if they reject you, if they say you are a no-name brand, me now I claim you. I love you and I want to do something in your life. The potter takes this clay, which is worthless. And Paul understood this in 1 Corinthians 4, 13. In the NIV, he says, we are the scum of the earth. The refuse of the world. See, Jesus saves the sinner by his grace. And then he begins the process of changing this vile sinner into a vessel that will produce a profit for the kingdom of God. What grace is there? to take somebody and change them and transform them and use the same mouth to preach the holy word of God God takes hands that used to steal hands that used to kill and use those same hands and lay them on the sick and the sick get healed can I hear an amen God takes somebody whose life was going the wrong direction killing people and he uses that life to go in the right direction saving people by the grace of God that's the kind of God he is. And God takes us and makes us useful for his work. And he brings honor and glory to his name. God is interested in taking the worst he can find and changing them into the best that heaven has to offer. That's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, we're in God's factory. Warakanda mudim. Yeah, it's not every seminary Yeah, we understand God is making us. We are not there yet, but we know that God is making us. How many of you can say God is making me? Yeah. Number two, in order to accomplish this lofty goal of making this beautiful pot, the potter must work with materials that leave much to be desired. First of all, when he finds the clay, it's in a bad condition. 
Usually the clay is found at the riverbed or somewhere. It's found in the ground and, and when it's found, it's not even suitable for use. It is just worthless. When he finds this clay, it's full of stones and, and sticks and mixed with a lot of grime, honalidi tissue, honalidi everything. Paul says actually in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul says, you want to talk about worthless people, I am worthless number one. I am sinner number one. Yeah, number one. And so the clay is dug out from the ground sometimes from the riverbed and brought to the vicinity of the pottery, you see, because we've got to take this clay and take it to the potter. If the clay doesn't go back to the potter's hands, it cannot be made. Some of you, you clay out there, you are walking far away from God the potter. You are running away from him and you are expecting your life to change and be transformed. It can never change, it can never be transformed if you never come into the hands of the potter. So the clay is brought into the vicinity of the potter. And, uh, and then this dry material is then dumped into cement-lined tanks. This is what the potter does. Takes this dry stuff, dumps it in cement-lined tanks or wooden tanks, dumps them in these troughs, and then covers it with water. That's the first thing. The clay, when it comes in contact with the potter, the first thing the potter does is to make it come in contact with the water. Bible says, we are washed with the washing of the water of the word. Oh. And when we come, we come in contact with the word. Yeah. And, and, and note, the clay is made soft by water. Yeah, see, when God's word comes into your life, and just to soften us and to just make us pliable and makes us to cooperate with God. And the water comes upon our lives. And then, and then, and then, and then when the lamps have been softened, they are stirred in water until all has disintegrated into a thin, slimy mud, which they call a slip, S-L-I-P, until that has been formed. And then when that has been formed, this slip is drawn off into other tanks to settle. And after it's drawn and it has settled at the bottom of the tank, then the stones are taken out. And the lamps that are remaining behind are taken out. This is when you come to church and there's the water of the word comes and the water of the Holy Spirit comes and God starts dealing with the lamps and the stones and the bottles and the sticks in your life. Out that day, you can't run away from the sermon. Yeah, instead of being angry, instead of allow the potter to take out those stones and take out those things. Because those are the things that delay the potter in making us into what we need to be. There are things that God must take out of our lives, Bazalana. Because I can never be what you want me to be. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. And then the clay 
Once they've taken out all of that, the clay then also settles and the water is drawn off it. And the clay is left in a plastic, looking like a plastic-like material. And then they come and tread it with their feet. Now realize they haven't formed the vessel yet. Yeah, see, yeah. We want to operate at certain levels. We want God to use us at certain levels. And we are wondering, God is not using us. God is still making us. I said, I'll be ready. We still have stones and sticks and God must still tread us. And they tread this clay. And then finally, this clay is finally packed away. Watch this. And it's allowed to stand for six months before it's used. This is where God puts you on the shelf. You think, God, I'm ready. God says, you're not ready. God, I want to do this. God says, hey, chill. Chillax. You are not ready. You know, I was laughing when we released our, many of our pastors to go and run churches. You know? you know, when we made the altar call to several of them several years ago, they came running. They all came running. And I could see when I was teaching them, I could, I could see in their eyes they were saying, you're wasting our time. See, no reason. Why must you teach us? You know, I could tell it. You know, it's almost like, and I know this row is for people who want to get married. Bless all of you who are getting married. Why don't you want to get I think that aisle is very anointed. Those of you, little time. It's, it's, it's an amazing aisle. I, I just love that anointing in that aisle. Mama Kud, it's a nice aisle, that one, isn't it? Powerful. Anyhow, so, what was I saying? Yeah, So, you know, it's like when we're canceling the. People want to get married. You can see when you're canceling some of them or they're saying, why must you tell us about conflict resolution? We don't need that. We are in love. <laughs> yeah. None of that will ever happen to us. What are you? So you can see they're not listening. So it's the same thing when I was teaching the guys, you know, I could see some of them, they're so much in a hurry. Hey. So then, you remember when we commissioned them? And then when I sent them out, two weeks later, by Abu Yamash. Who don't know? Don't you think maybe you must recall me? Maybe you can send me later. <laughs> but, you know, but you see, God sometimes puts us on the shelf. And so it's put on the shelf to dry. Watch this now. And it's put there for six months before being used. During this time, the quality, especially the plasticity, is believed to improve. See, when you come to church, you pray, you serve in the church, you read your Bible, you are improving. Yeah. Maybe you are Uzilana, Mara, you are improving. Maybe you are not a department head, you are not, but, but you are improving. Tell your neighbor you are improving. So this clay that was taken from the ground, which is worthless, is transformed into a usable state. And this is a process that takes time and energy on the part of the potter. It takes time to grow and mature. 
It takes a lot of effort to grow and mature. So God uses the water of the word and the Holy Spirit. He brings conviction. God knows that we are worthless in our natural condition. However, he's able to see the vessel that we can become. See, when God looks at us, useless as we are, clay as we are, worthless as we are, he doesn't just look at you, he looks at you beyond where you are. Like that artist who looks at that piece of log and he sees a beautiful carving that can come out of it. Like a good coach, you meet this young kid and when you look at this child, but is operating at this level. If they can give me a chance as coach to push them to certain things and if they cooperate, they can be a good player. If I tell them, come for practice, and they come for practice. If I say, run six kilometers every day, and they do it. If I tell them, watch your diet, and they watch their diet. If I tell them, so you see, when we come to church, that's what God does all the time. Watch your diet. Run six kilometers. Do this. Come on time. So come on time. Read your Bible. Do this. Some of you are saying, I want to, I want to. <laughs> what you don't understand is, the potter is trying to make you. Because you have an assignment to fulfill my brother and my sister and you will never fulfill that assignment unless God has made you. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? In other words, the willingness to respond to God's making process will determine how far God can take us. You're only as far in your life as you've allowed God to take you. People say, no, I don't know why God is not using me. Well, I'll tell you why. Because he's only gone as far as you will let him. Because sometimes, I'm being honest with you. I was telling them in the first service. That I, I, I know, I think it's some years ago now. It's more than 10, 15 years ago. When it finally hit me one day. As I looked at the vision of the church. Where the things that God was prompting in my heart. And when I realized what it was going to take to do those things. Hey, I tell you, that day, I realized, you know, I was telling somebody. You will never ever build anything of worth if you are not willing to lay your life down if it needs be. Yeah. Guru, you have to be so committed to that thing that even if it means you lay down your life, you've got to do it. I'm telling you. I can see some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But ask anybody who has ever started anything, you have to have a certain level. I tell people, people can come and go here. I can't. Even if Kibata, I can't. Why? Because this is not just what I do. This is what I live. This is what I breathe. This is what I dream about. This is what bothers me, wakes me up in the middle of the night. This is something that's a burden in my heart. Yeah. And this is something I know as I pray, God tells me, you are not where you are supposed to be. You are not at the level you are supposed to be. Why are you not doing that? Why are you not doing this? I remember I was thinking about it this morning. A few years ago, I got very sick. Very sick. Because God had told me to do something and adjust something in the church, and I didn't. I took too long. And I knew I was so sick, and the, the, the medical science didn't know what was wrong with me. It was very bad. And I remember I had to call the Minister of Helps to come to a meeting and, and ask them to forgive me over something. It wasn't sin. I hadn't sinned in a sense of doing something that was sinful. The wrong I had done is I hadn't moved when God told me to move. It almost cost me my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the level you have to commit to whatever God has given you. 
See, and so, you know, people can come and walk and say whatever. To you, it's your life. It's not just coming and going, no, no. To me, it's my life. If all of you don't come, I'll still be here, standing here, preaching to empty seats. Because to me, it's my life. It's a calling. You have to commit that way to whatever God has given you. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. And God wants to do that. And then the potter has instruments. After he's gotten this clay, and this clay is plastic-like, and then he's going to shape it. Now he's going to use several implements to bring the clay to a place of it being usable. No, it's not used yet. He hasn't formed anything yet. We're still going there. The first instrument the potter has is a shovel. Or not going to say the ribita a spade. Kiele shovel. Shabaya. Laiban. I am right in the shovel. I'm being made by the potter. I don't know if my Mabu Mamara, that looks nice. Keep it there. No, no, it's okay. It looks good. I like to be in the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> this is the tool that God uses to dig the clay from the earth. See, this is the picture of the Spirit of God who comes to where we are in our sin. God comes and digs us out with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Thank God that God comes and digs around in our lives. God will, will find you. He'll look for you. He'll search for you. He will dig you out. Jesus said to Paul, when Paul was persecuting Christians on his way to Damascus, he says to Paul in Acts 9.5, he said, Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. In other words, you can never run from what the Holy Spirit is doing. God will come and prick you. God will come and stick you out. God will come and dig you out. And that is where maybe some of you are right now. There are things that God is dealing with you about. You are trying to run away. You are trying to pray it away. You are trying to ignore it. Just pray, Bazalana, please, right where you are. Jesus. Asakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakarabarabalabasakar
This is your day. Kiletsatsilaha. La fetulwa. La lokulwa. Ilanga lakho namhlanje. Kise. Tsikatisa pelo ya ha. Jesus. Please pray in the Holy Ghost. Loafi Kimi Gise atmosphere of worship if you are here in this place and you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart into your life you know your life is not right before God but you want to ask God to forgive you you want to ask God to have mercy on you you want to invite Christ into your life you may not be in the category that I spoke about earlier but in your, in your case, you realize your life is not right before God. You say, here am I. 
you got the great potter you are the one who knows how to make my life you are the one who knows how to shape and form my life i come to you just as i am i need your help my god if you are there today and you need prayer and you want to invite jesus into your heart would you raise your hand please would you raise your hand thank you thank you thank you thank you keep those hands raised all right you can put those hands down i want to ask all the people who raise their hands right where you are would you stand on your feet please thank you thank you thank you all over this house thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you give them a big hand just stand have the courage to stand here i come lord here i come here i come lord here i come i bring my broken life to you i bring my broken life to you you are the potter i am the clay you are able to make my life and change my life i want to pray for all of you who are standing if you could please just take all the your belongings and just walk all the way to the front here please walk all the way to the front walk all the way to the front come on come let me pray for you if you're standing Jesus, you can put your hands down, but just come stand in front. Come on, wherever you are, whether you are in the foyer there, in the main auditorium, in the overflow halls, this is your day of transformation. This is your day of change. This is the day where God wants to move things in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. 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 Can you bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray for you. Hallelujah. Follow me in the prayer. Congregation, join us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you, Lord. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for your blessing upon their lives. Thank you for this new start. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.